This is a podcast developed by the medical students of UCD. It is intended to be used as a resource for medical students in their obstetrics and gynaecology rotation, simulating doctor-patient interactions. Please note that this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult your doctor if you have any concerns about your health or pregnancy. My name is Sive, and in this episode, we will be reviewing antenatal history taking for antepartum hemorrhage. You are a medical student who has taken a history and you have been asked to present to a senior doctor. Hi doctor, I just took a history from a woman in the emergency department. Would you have a moment for me to present it to you? Yes, no problem. Please go ahead. I'd like to present the case of Mrs. C.F., a 30-year-old Gravita 2 Para 1 primary school teacher from Temple Oak, who has a 28 weeks gestation. She presented to the emergency department today following one episode of painless vaginal bleeding. Of note, her 20-week anatomy scan showed a low-lying placenta. Mrs. C.F. has no significant past medical or surgical history with the exception of a caesarean section for the birth of her first child in 2018. She is currently taking Galfer for iron supplementation and she has no known drug allergies. Mrs. C.F. has no family history of note. In terms of social history, Mrs. C.F. lives in Temple Oak with her husband, Michael, and her two-year-old son. She works as a primary school teacher and is approved for 12 weeks of maternity leave once the baby arrives. Her husband, Michael, is an accountant and will be granted two weeks of paternity leave. Her son, Josh, attends play school beside her place of work. Her parents live locally and are available for additional support should it be required. She is a lifelong non-smoker and an occasional drinker, but has abstained for the duration of the pregnancy. Moving on to her gynecological history, Mrs. C.F. reached Menarch at the age of 12. She has a regular 28 to 30 day cycle. Her periods last approximately four days and are of light to moderate flow. She previously used the barrier method for contraception. She is up to date with her smears and all previous results have been reassuring. Her next smear is due December 2021. In terms of past obstetric history, Mrs. C.F. has had one previous pregnancy resulting in the birth of her son Josh in 2018. Her son was born at 41 weeks gestation by emergency caesarean section secondary to fetal distress. He weighed seven pounds, eight ounces, and was exclusively breastfed. The course of this pregnancy was unremarkable and there were no postpartum complications for Mrs. C.F. or baby Josh. The course of Mrs. C.F.'s current pregnancy has also been straightforward up to this point. This was a planned pregnancy and Mrs. C.F. was taking preconceptual folate. Pregnancy was suspected following a missed period 
and she took a home pregnancy test, which was positive. Mrs. C.F. then saw her GP, who confirmed the pregnancy and referred her for combined antenatal care. Mrs. C.F. attended her booking visit at 12 weeks and was told she would require an anti-D injection, which she has received today. At her 21-week anatomy scan, Mrs. C.F. was told her placenta was low-lying and a follow-up scan was arranged for 34 weeks gestation. Mrs. C.F. presented today to the emergency department following one episode of painless vaginal bleeding. She describes a small amount of fresh red blood in her underwear, which did not soak through her clothing. She has not exerted herself recently or had intercourse in the last 24 hours. She has not noted any further bleeding since her arrival at the hospital. She has felt fetal movements since her arrival at the hospital. In summary, this is the case of Mrs. C.F., a 30-year-old Gravita 2 Para 1 primary school teacher from Temple Oak, who is a 28 weeks gestation. She presented to the emergency department today following one episode of painless vaginal bleeding on a background of a low-lying placenta on her 20-week anatomy scan. That was very good, thank you. What exams and investigations do you think would be most appropriate to carry out on Mrs. C.F.? From a maternal perspective, it would be important to start by checking Mrs. C.F.'s vital signs and also to perform cardiovascular, respiratory and abdominal exams. Since we are not sure about the cause of the bleeding yet, I would wait to perform any pelvic exams because it may be a low-lying placenta and an internal examination could cause further bleeding. Subsequently, it would be helpful to take a blood test to check a full blood count and blood group and to arrange for repeat ultrasound to visualize the position of the placenta. It would also be important to obtain a urine sample and check it using a dipstick for any markers of infection. From a fetal perspective, it would be very important to monitor fetal well-being, which could be done using a CTG. And do you have any ideas about what could potentially cause bleeding of this nature? Some placental issues can cause bleeding at this stage of pregnancy, such as placenta previa or placental abruption. Other causes of vaginal bleeding also include cervical malignancies and benign cervical growths, as well as STIs. Placenta previa is most commonly associated with painless bleeding, so this should be investigated first. And if this is ruled out, perhaps a speculum examination could be carried out to look for, to look at the cervix and vagina and make sure she doesn't have any local causes for the bleeding. Sometimes the cause is not identified, but at least any serious causes can be outruled. This podcast was written by Christina O'Brien and Sive Frisson Roach and was voiced by Christina O'Brien, Sive Frisson Roach and Quiva Hartnett. Links to the written notes and sources used in the podcast are included in the description. We would like to thank Professor Mary Higgins for her help and expertise in creating this podcast.
Thank you for listening. We hope that you found it useful and that you will join us again soon.